listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 We're going to start as we do when there's a big story around a Thursday game. We're going to start with specifically how good are the Patriots? Because this line speaks to a lot of love in the market for Belichick and, and Mac Jones. Patriots now six and a half to seven point favorites around the league. The uh, 47 is the total for this one at Atlanta. Okay, so if you were in, and you don't have to give me all the teams ahead of them, but how many teams would you want a free ticket on? So let's say I was going to buy you a $1,000 futures ticket. And I said, pick any team of the AFC. Who would be? What would the order be? Let's assume that there was. It wasn't about the payoff. I would. Let's say I was going to give you ten thousand bucks if you picked the winner of the AFC, right? Whoever makes the Super Bowl. Okay, Bills are going to go before them. Bills. Who else goes before them if you're getting the same payoff? Which is another way of saying where do you rank the Patriots in the AFC? Though I would make the following case: it wouldn't be exactly that question. Because that question is how good are the teams now? I'm asking how good do you expect the teams to be come the end of January? What's your list look like? Bills, Ravens, Chiefs, Titans, Patriots. Holy cow. Say that one more time. Bills, Ravens, Chiefs, Titans, Patriots. (sighs) Okay. Wow. It seems like you put everyone ahead of them you could. Like, it could I mean, that's the question. Chargers? It's like, make, make yeah, the I, case. And then we put the Chargers that I love so much ahead of them. How could you? I couldn't. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, no rational sane person could. But, like, uh, you could have. Well, how could you? They beat them handedly, and they're harder than that. I mean, like, how could you? I couldn't, but the question becomes, do I really believe that a rookie quarterback is going to go win a Super Bowl, and th- that's just something that well, doesn't no, that, happen? that's your question. That isn't my question. Well, I, well, I answered your question, and you're astounded well, with my answer. Well, I, I'm trying to understand it. So, the Browns, you couldn't really put over them. So, I, yeah, you put everyone over them. So, the first question is, what kind of odds would you put on the Bills versus the Patriots to win the division? Think and the McKenzie, Bills are... pull, up, pull up the current numbers on that. I, and I know the Bills have a half-game lead on them right now. I'd say it's probably minus 150, minus 200. Minus 200. Okay. So that assumes with a half-game lead, if it's minus 150, is they're even teams. That, that may be what the market assumes at this point. Okay. So I guess what I'm not – you're not – real great at guessing the market. So what I would say is tell me what you think the number should be. I, I think minus minus 200 is probably fair. Maybe minus 250. Okay, so minus 200 to 250. Okay. Mackenzie, what do we got? Minus 475 for the Bills. Oof. Patriots plus 325. Okay, so don't... I wouldn't start booking, right? Okay. But, <laughs> but, but I guess my question is you love the Bills... You said the bill so fast, your head spun when you said, but then you're thinking they're a little, like, what is it? Are you afraid to be, like, in love with the, I'm confused with that minus 150. Like, I couldn't I'm not in love with anybody in the AFC. I, I don't, I'm not in love with anybody in the AFC. I, I think that all of these teams have just great flaws, and it's hard for me to marry myself to one of these teams because I, I, I don't know that any of them are really all that good. 
Okay. So then you got to love the Pats then, you know, plus 375 to win, just to win the division. I don't I, because I don't love the idea that a rookie I, I don't love that the, a rookie quarterback is a guy that I'm putting my eggs in his basket, no matter how good he's looked. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Where do you put the Patriots in that in that order? If you had that same free ticket, huh? Well, one thing I can tell you right away is I rank them higher at the end of the year projected than I do right now. And as I've been saying all year, and I think it's borne out so far, is generally Belichick, generally, I mean pretty much every year, he does better late in the year than early in the year. September, since this new CBA, uh, 2011 into 12, it was a situation where he said, we don't have enough time in the offseason to prepare this team. So what we need to do is make September an extended preseason. Now, what does that mean? That doesn't mean they try to lose games. It doesn't mean they don't try extra hard. What it means is if there's a decision that could benefit you in September, but to a smaller degree than the other decision would benefit you in January, you make the decision that benefits you in January, even though it will cost you in theory now. So the whole Cam Newton, Mac Jones decision was one of those. Obviously, it was fairly close. That's why that decision was made late in the preseason. I don't think Belichick thought that Cam Newton would be the lesser quarterback in September. If he did, he would have. You would think he would have made the decision earlier. Like he would have because earlier was better, right? It would have gave Cam a chance to go sure. find another job. It would have allowed Mac Jones to have more focus in the you know camp. So in general, I think Belichick waited, uh, made the decision as soon as he felt comfortable making it, which means it was a close decision, which means the the veteran was going to be better early. But if he had started Cam, and let's say week five, you know, a lot of speculation was he would let Cam play through Brady because he didn't want Mac Jones to get the Tampa Bay pressure on him, right? And the fact that he said, no, 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 but, you know, Cam, good luck. Matt, the rookie starting, I, I think it, or in fact, I'm confident it was another example of him saying, I'm looking towards January. And you know what? Imagine how much less developed Mac Jones would be if he hadn't started till game six, let's say. And so I think in general, history tells us Belichick's teams, especially since 2011, get better. I also think this year would accentuate that with the rookie quarterback. Whatever the learning curve was with Brady, right, non-existent, at least the learning curve, Mac Jones has a learning curve. And you and I had a dispute, you know, on air about, hey, they got to take the training wheels off Mac Jones. My thought was when it's t- when they have to, they will, if they think he's ready. Because you could say, well, they had to in Tampa Bay, but they didn't. As soon as they felt like, and I would make the case, and you can tell me if you agree, AJ, and we're straight out of Vegas, I'm RJ Bell talking to AJ Hoffman, is you could make the case Mac Jones played his best game last week. Would you agree with that? I don't disagree with that, no. Yeah, he he played extremely well. He's getting better and better. We we talked about this off the air yesterday, and you said, remember, I told you, they'll take the training wheels off when it's time, and, and they absolutely have. Yes, I agree. So... 
I think you got to give Belichick and the whole coaching staff, the offensive coaching staff with McDaniels especially, a lot of kudos. No, Mac Jones was the fifth quarterback taken on the, you know, amongst these quarterbacks and in the first round this year. And he is by far the best performer so far. And by no account would you say the Patriots have the best skill position players. No. I mean, so... And maybe, last week he was without his starting running back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Though running backs are fairly interchangeable, at least with the, this team this year, it feels like. But yeah, no doubt. And so if you don't have that advantage... All you got is coaching. And it's once again, Belichick's shown why he's Belichick, why he's making a, a reported, how much was it? Eight? Is it 18? Eight, 18, I think, yeah. Uh, let me see here. 18 million? That, no, yes, 18 million. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So um, I think it's 18 well, weeks in the season, he's getting paid for his bye week. That's how you negotiate. Well, it's, it's a well-deserved amount, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, I think in 50 years, well, I won't be around in 50. But, uh, well, nah, probably not. But in 50 years, they're going to be talking about Belichick still, I think. I mean, I think it's the last we're going to see of him because you just aren't going to see coaches who start when they're like 24 and coach all the way through 70. I mean, you see it now. A lot of these coaches, you know, they get 15 years, they want to retire. And again, I don't blame them if they got... F you money, and they don't love it anymore. But Belichick loved it when he was a kid. He loves it now. I wouldn't be surprised if he coaches a 77, 78, you know, health permitting. Obviously, yeah. if you have a real problem. Um, I think especially if Mac Jones is what he's looked like so far, if he continues to progress. I think if Mac Jones, you know, were a giant bust, I think Bill Belichick would be less well, but likely that's a to hypothetical. The, the giant bust part isn't even a possibility anymore. So the question is, does he, though he could regress, but not to a giant bust, you wouldn't think, right? So now the, qu- the question now becomes, uh, if Mac Jones gets better and better, does that increase Belichick's appetite for more years? I would think so. Because Did you feel last year when Cam was struggling, did it feel like Bill Belichick was happy or he wanted to be there anymore? If I, I didn't get I, I that I think those vibe. are two different questions. A guy like Belichick, if he's unhappy, which he was, he wants to fix it. He wants to redeem himself. He doesn't want to flee, right? I mean, if, if there's anything that would be the last thing he'd want for his legacy, which by all accounts he's cognizant, you know, he's uh, he cares about, is to leave a, a dumpster fire. Seems like the you know Brady wins a title or Super Bowl and he leaves a dumpster fire. That would be yeah. the. I don't think that's even possible. He might not have enjoyed it perhaps as much, or he wouldn't have as much. But I think, to me, I think Belichick solves problems. And if Mac Jones was a problem, remember he sat there. Think about this, like KGB in rounders but without the Oreos, let's say a better KGB, he <laughs> okay. stood there and said, okay. He knew how good Cam was. So good that he didn't even fight him to be this, stay as the second string. Right? He could have pushed that and said, we'll put in some... I'm not saying it would have worked, but by no accounts did he really fight to have Cam stay. So if Mac Jones had been taken at 14 and there was a trade-up at 14 where he could have been easily taken... What would it have taken for the Pats to trade up to 14 once he got Maybe there? A fourth or fifth rounder. Yeah, okay. And Belichick just stayed like KG, you know, alligator blood. <laughs> even, even though he knew 
he had a cam that he, you know, did cam really underperform in, in camp? Not really. He probably performed better in camp than he did last year. Yeah. And he was willing to stick with cam not to get took on a trade. So you think Belichick was scared of the the new quarterback not doing well? Clearly not. He didn't not. care if he had a new quarterback. AJ? Uh, what? I stand corrected then. No, no, I'm saying it's amazing. Then, it's I stand amazing corrected on Belichick... trying to get into the mind of Belichick is what I mean. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess what I'm saying is the idea that he – because by all accounts, Mike Lombardi, friend of the show, says – you know, he pretty much has reported, is my understanding. And again, I, I don't remember the exact quote. So I'll say generally that Bel- this was before the draft, that Belichick was really high on Mac Jones. And assuming, and now the fact that it ended up being the case that he got picked by him, it sounds like pretty good insight to me. So imagine being that high on him and literally he him dropping to 14 when he could have went. Remember, he was a huge favorite to go at three even on draft day. And the fact that he literally waited to 15 to get him when the alternative was a guy he cut this year, (laughs) I mean, it shows you he lives by his principles. He doesn't let a a single season dictate that. And in in the era of, you know, 24-hour news cycles, and we're tired of it three days later, Belichick's thinking about decades. He's thinking about careers. And that's why he's had the best career in the history of the NFL as a coach. Closing thoughts. Yeah, and, and it's not like people didn't know that Bill Belichick liked Mac Jones. It was widely reported that he he was a guy that he was interested in. So there was plenty of opportunity for teams to jump in front of him and take him. Bill Belichick played it cool and got his guy. Well, yeah, plenty of opportunity, I agree. But that one at 14 was the most tantalizing when he got that close. If I were the Jets, remember the Jets traded up. But they took a lineman, if I recall. If I were the Jets, I would have traded up, taken Mac Jones, and and have him and Wilson, and then maybe auction him off to another team. But don't <laughs> don't trade him to Belichick. And you know what? I think Belichick would have respected it. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. AJ, you have a take on uh, the Browns and Baker. Colin's going to like this. So uh, in L.A., record this. Go ahead, AJ. I think that we've seen enough now of Baker Mayfield to know Baker Mayfield is not a franchise quarterback. And they've paid, they've picked up the fifth-year option on him. He'll be there next year. Typically, this is the offseason where they would pay him real money if they were going to keep him. I think they would be making a huge mistake if they keep him because it would start to deteriorate the rest of this team around him, which is a really talented roster. And Baker Mayfield is not a guy who you can pay elite quarterback money and expect to win with. I I don't see how it can happen. If he can't win now, even at a, a, a 
even at the level that they feel like they should have won to begin this season, even like a, a lock playoff team or a, a, maybe a, 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 a AFC championship team, if he can't do that with this roster, when the roster starts to fall apart around him after he gets paid real elite top-tier QB money, there's no way the Browns can win. I think the Browns have to make the tough decision and move on from this guy. Okay, so I don't quite understand your take. Is okay. Your take is that they shouldn't pay Baker Mayfield like he's Patrick Mahomes. They shouldn't pay Baker Mayfield like a top five quarterback. Okay. And you know how it is. It's not, I mean, it's not about how great you are. It's about what year you come up and who the next guy in line is. Josh Allen's not Patrick Mahomes, well, but now he's paid like him. It obviously is contingent upon you being in the top tier to be the sure. next in line. Right? Case Keenum wasn't the next in line. No. Yeah. So, uh, and you're saying Baker's not a top five quarterback. How many people do you think think Baker is a top five quarterback? Not many. Um, not many at all. Okay. So I don't get what you're even saying. Maybe let's say it this way and see if you can agree. Maybe you've heard it before. Is you don't think it's possible for Baker Mayfield to be on the Browns? And it'd be good for the Browns because for the amount of money that Baker would take, that even at that number, even if it was significantly less than top five, let's say 25 million, that is way below top. I mean, top five now is 40 and above. Would you sign Baker for 25 million? No. Okay. And would you, so just gut instinct, where's your number to sign Baker if you're the Browns? 15? I think 20 million, 25 million is, is probably about right, which makes him like a, a, a top 20 paid quarterback. You may, like you said, top five. And at the time, Jared Goff, when he got paid, was no one thought he was a top five quarterback. He got paid like one. Kirk Cousins, at the time, whoa, whoa, no whoa, one whoa, thought whoa, he was. Whoa, a, whoa, whoa, whoa. Everyone thought, or almost everyone thought, Jared Goff was a top five quarterback. There was no uproar when, when they made that signing. None. I'm not saying you might have had a different opinion. I don't know, but it doesn't even matter so much. It was a consensus. Well, it does matter if you were right about it. But the consensus opinion was that that this was a fine signing. In fact, the boy genius is the one that wanted it, right? So I think McVay deserves a lot of negatives for that in hindsight. But do you recall it being a big controversial thing at the time? I don't remember. I certainly don't remember a time when Jared Goff was considered a top five quarterback in the league. No, I don't. Let me ask you a question. That's a very abstract way of stating any. uh, Who said it had to be top five? Was his contract top? Do you recall? That's what I said. He was paid as a top five guy at the time. Then then you're saying then there was a natural and, and, and logical backlash. Yes. Where was it? What no? What I'm saying is, when you even if you're not a top five guy at the time, if it's your turn, you will get paid like a top five quarterback, like Jared Goff did, then that's like Carson Wentz did. Well, the backlash has been on the field. I I don't understand what you're saying. Um, I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. My my question is, you're saying that Jared Goff was a huge mistake, but when it happened. It was not a majority opinion that it was a huge mistake. That, well, that's also because Jared Goff had been to a Super Bowl, so there was some hope. Okay, of, so people uh, valued him accordingly. So, I suppose so. Okay, so I, I guess how is Goff an example here? Because Goff is a guy who got paid like a top quarterback when he wasn't. But everyone thought he was. Uh, oh, then not everyone did because I didn't. Oh, Maybe okay. you did. Everyone that mattered. 
Oh, okay. Well, all right then. I mean, what I'm saying is the people writing the checks. The people writing the checks matter. The other Everybody pe- who writes a check to their quarterbacks thinks that they're paying the right amount for the guy. Exactly. And the question is, how good is the front office to think, are they? is this the kind of typical mistake they make? Or is this, uh, you know, is this a, a signing? Because who knows more about golf? I mean, at the time, it was hard to say, you know who's wrong about golf? McVay. He doesn't know anything. Right. So I'm not saying you I mean, you're not afraid to go have an opinion against uh, the majority or even against logic itself. So I respect you that you can have those opinions unless it's against logic. But in general, the consensus was, hey, this is a fine signing. And but the consensus now is that Josh Allen's a fine signing. Do you agree with that fundamentally? No, because I felt like they paid him as if his performance last year was a certain level in the future. And if it was, the contract was correct. Is if there's any uncertainty, and I think this year starts to show some of it, though he's played okay, I think they could have discounted some. But maybe that's just me always looking to find, you know, maybe what I'm saying, I think what I'm saying is logical. But if Josh Allen didn't, if he looked at him and said, no, I disagree. Now what do you do? I mean, we saw it with Dak to some degree, right? Is... Jerry Jones, who is one of the great businessmen in the NFL, by all accounts, has had more to do with the NFL success, I, I think it's fair to say, than any owner, certainly in the top couple. He tried to play chicken with Dak, and all Dak did, a fourth-round pick, was say, nah, no, no, no. And eventually Jerry said, yes. What do you want? Yes. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe having some stand-down or, or standoff with Josh Allen – even though logically maybe it, it should have been discounted 10%, wouldn't have worked. So they were smart not to do it. But at least as a businessman myself, I felt like Josh Allen, would you agree Josh Allen was getting paid as if last year was the truth? Yes. And do you agree it, one year doesn't necessarily guarantee you that truth moving 100%. forward? 100%. So I think we agree on that one. The real question here is where's the price that, that, that would be good to sign Baker Mayfield, you're saying somewhere around 20. I find it to be an impossibility he'll sign for 20. Uh, it that, is an impossibility. The, thus, you're making a very good point, sifting through it all, which is there's no way for Baker to sign within the reason, our understanding now of his expectations, that the Browns either are going to make a bad deal if they sign him, or they got to let him go. There's no way to make a good deal and sign him. The only way the Browns can make the right decision is let him go. To me, that's a very much bigger point than saying, oh, if they, if they sign him for top five money, they're making a mistake. Of course they are. Most people agree with that. But you're going further, and I think it's a compelling case that anything over 20, it's a mistake. He won't sign for that. Thus, he's got to go. Correct. All right. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.